Hey everyone, James Labrie from Dream Theater, and you're listening to or watching the podcast Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. You're dialed into Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater podcast. Be a part of the show live every other Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Facebook, TalkingIntoInfinity.com, or the CMSNetwork.com. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater podcast. I am your host, John. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, TalkingIntoInfinity.com, and the CMSNetwork.com. We are live at those four locations every other Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you'd like to catch video replays of the show, just check out our YouTube channel, or better yet, go to Heavy Metal Television. You can find all of our episodes there. And if you'd like to to download the audio version of the podcast, just Google Talking Into Infinity, and we're on almost any audio platform that you can think of. Let me bring on my awesome friend, Brian, my co-host. What is going on, man? Hey, what's going on, man? So I, I want to apologize. This is not the um, set from the 1990 Acoustic Dream Theater show behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't have I, I don't have my green screen because I am actually not at home. This is the third time uh, we've postponed a ski trip, so I'm actually in a motel outside of Cincinnati in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. So I apologize. I'm not going to have a cool green screen, and you're just going to have to look at me, which is probably even worse with you know nothing cool behind me. But you should have just like- told. You should have just told everybody that's your green screen. Like, look, I got a, a hotel backdrop as my green screen for this yeah. episode. <laughs> you can see the, the heater on the blowing on the curtain back here. It literally looks pro. <laughs> that's awesome. So uh, in a few moments, we are going to have Chance Labrie from Falset on uh, to talk to us about uh, their new single, Lullabies, and their upcoming uh, tour dates with Dream Theater in Canada. Uh, so he'll be on in a few minutes. Uh, while we are waiting for him to jump on, I uh, want to thank, uh, first of all, thank the Dream Theater you. USA guys that we hooked up with uh, yesterday for a pre-show meet and greet. Oh, speaking of, there's Everett. Everett ran. Everett ran the event last night. Everett, awesome to see you, man. Thanks for tuning into the show. I appreciate it. Uh, our buddy Kale McLeish is logged on. Good to see you, man. Nick Brayman, thanks for tuning in. And uh, yeah, many thanks to the Dream Theater USA uh, USA guys. If I could speak properly, many thanks to the Dream Theater USA guys. We had a blast hanging out yesterday. Um, you know, we met up. Several hours before the show, actually, and uh, I kept you from getting dinner because you paid no attention to our our scheduled plans. But uh, yeah, it was awesome, dude. I thought that was a total blast, just hanging out with some you know fellow Dream Theater fans, like you know big nerds like us. It was it was a blast, man. The guys were great, and we ended up hanging out you know at Market Street, and then we ended up going you know to the venue and hanging out you know having some more beers and stuff you know next to the venue. So. Um, that was that was a good time, man. It was what, what what kind of conversations did you get in? Because you and I usually stick together, but we ended up on you know different ends of the table. Just ended up you know you know bullshitting with some new new friends, man. You know what's cool about it is like it's your typical. You go to a concert, okay? Who's gonna wear what shirt? You know, and me, of course, I didn't I didn't wear my con. I don't I can't I don't even think I have a concert T shirt anymore. I got a bunch <laughs> of hoodies, but I don't really have any shirts. You know. Which is sad because I wish I still had all my old cool ones. But anyway, so it's like the guy that was next to me um, had a maiden shirt on. So we're talking yep. maiden. And um, just to give people an idea. So we had, I think there was three guys from Pennsylvania. Um, 
two from the west side of Cleveland, a couple from the east side of Cleveland. Yep. Um, you know, one I think the farthest guy came from Pittsburgh, at least that was there that we talked to. And sure. uh, yeah, you know, we you know, we started it's just the you know, I think the usual, hey, when's the first time you saw the band? What do you think of the new album? You know, right away I you know, I heard you overheard you talking and the guy you were talking to was, you know, the uh the infamous argument regarding self-titled album <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's the first time we ever really met someone i don't think we want to give away a ton of this but like the first time that i've ever met someone that their favorite album is the self-titled album which is cool man you know that's why we love the show because everybody has different tastes yep well Rob, his name is robert and he's he's tuned in robert reams what's up man good to see you uh there i completely is. i completely disagree with your favorite <laughs> album but uh you know, pulling the curtain back, I, t- I told him like he had a couple opinions that were the complete opposite of ours. And I said, dude, I'm going to get you on the phone and we are going to we are going to discuss all of your dream theater takes. And then we're going to have you on. We're going to have like, you know, uh, a, a kind of like not a battle, but, you know, a debate. We're just going to his 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 opinions versus ours because they are complete polar opposites of each other. Um, <laughs> so I, think, I think it'll make for a great a great episode. Oh look, our buddy Adam Rishog's tuned in. What's up, Adam? Good to see you, man. He usually works Thursday nights, but he's tuned in. That's awesome. And, I, I uh, do want to say though, bonus points to Robert because I believe he told us his wedding song was "Our New World." That's correct. Is that that correct? is correct. Which is very awesome. I've never met anyone <laughs> yeah. whose whose wife, you know, or fiance at the time allowed him to to use Dream Theater as a wedding song. So that's amazing, <laughs> right? Everett Everett says instant camaraderie. Yes, with beyond a shadow of a doubt, man. It was it was a it was a really good time. Like, you know, I mean, I got up to take a piss, and the guys you, you had said, "Man, that guy doesn't shut up, does he?" <laughs> like, no, I don't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, um, you know, we we, you know. we kind of talked about like we didn't want to just go in there and go, oh, we got a podcast, you know? It's yeah, like, I mean, like we want to promote it, but mainly because we want people like this to come on and just have fun, like we are, you know, because that keeps us from having to just sit here and jabber away, you know. We want the input, so I think you did an awesome job of balancing it out, you know. Like you were good at like kind of working the table, and you know, everyone got their chance to, to speak and stuff. I thought it was real cool. It was it was natural, you know. It's always a little awkward when you first get there, like oh, you know, but then you just kind of yeah. flow into it, and you know, <laughs> it's, it's like, like literally, literally everyone like right away, is like oh, 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 all right, download your podcast, got it, you know. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> right. I mean, that, that's not exactly why we were there, you know. I mean, it it, it kind of was, but again, it's not self serving. It's more you know, just to make it fun for everyone. Well, exactly. And it's like, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's fun to promote the podcast, but as we've said many times, like we do it, you know, we're huge dream theater fans and we do it for other dream theater fans, kind of like Gibson Les Paul, who's about to get his ass banned from the chat yet again. He says, DT 12 is definitely top three for me. It's really gone up on my list in recent years. Well, I'm going to block him just like we have to block love face every week. So there he goes up. Oh, Brandon yeah. Charles. He says, happy to be here with this dysfunctional collective. Good to see you, man. Yeah, we and, got a uh, ton of new people today. I know. It's awesome. <laughs> Robert Houston, man, it was awesome to see you at the show last night, man. Thanks for meeting up for a bit before, you know, before the band took the stage. It was awesome to see you. Um, so while we're waiting for chance, let's let's get into a little bit of what we did at the, you know, at the pre-show. So we'll start talking about our show review and everything. But they actually, uh, the Dream Theater USA guys they do a trivia contest they they do they set up a, a, a fan hangout before all the tour stops and ours was last night like we said and before before all of the shows they do a trivia contest and uh, i'm just going to show this here right here uh yeah that's right trivia winner <laughs> i was so nervous when i found out there'd be a trivia contest cuz i'm thinking holy shit like 
here I have a podcast, and if I get smoked by these people, they'll be like, you don't know anything about the band. Why do you have Dream Theater podcast? <laughs> oh, you mean like I did? <laughs> you had me to lean on, man. You were like, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, thank God I know these because we'd look like total tools right now. But Oh, excuse me if I don't know when Matt Portnoy left the band. I'm not Mr. <laughs> Dream Theater know-it-all, you know? <laughs> nice. So I want to see if, if people in the chat get these. So I have I have my answer sheet, and there's a, a possible total of 20 points. Uh, oh, here, look at this. Sandy, if, I, if I'm mispronouncing this, Sandy Kuima Ferrati. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, she says, there are a couple of DTUSA gals, too. That's awesome. Well, thanks for checking out the show. And sorry, we were not trying to be sexist. So apologize for that, Sandy. Thank you for checking out the show. Uh, here, Giovanni's back. Giovanni Pelaya. Hello, guys. DTUSA fan meets are great. Trivia winner in Baltimore for Distance Over Time Tour. He got backstage passes. And that's it's funny you mentioned that, Giovanni, because like I say, th- that's where we're going with this is at previous shows, you know, pre-COVID, uh, Everett told us that the trivia winner, a lot of times they would get backstage passes from the band and you get to go hang out with the band after the show. And well, of course, with COVID, you can't do that. So I was like, damn, like that would have been cool. But I still, you know, again, I won by a point and uh, I got an awesome vinyl version of A View from the Top of the World. So definitely got to thank Everett and the Dream Theater USA fan club for that and the record label. Um, so let's see. I want to see how many of you guys in the chat get these because there, there's eight questions for a total of 20 points. So the first question was, uh, where did they record the new record? And I immediately was thinking way way too deep because i'm used to doing like star wars trivia contests where it's like the most granular nitty-gritty questions you've ever heard and i was like hmm so first one was dthq and i got it so um full disclosure full disclosure i got the first seven correct and i got the the eighth question is five points and i got two of the five so up see yep robert husted got it brandon got it um so question two nick got it there we go so question two was, what song did John Petrucci use the eight string on on the new record? And I think you know all of us you know know that one. Obviously, Awaken the Master. Uh, this this one this one almost threw me for a loop because it sounded like a trick question. And I know I know that you you got this one, Brian. Oh wait, you didn't get any of them. Uh, so <laughs> hey, hey, I got a couple. <laughs> so question number three is who mixed and mastered the title track of you from the top of the world and that one kind of threw me for a loop because i i knew who ma- i knew who mixed and mastered the record but i'm thinking wait a minute why are they specifically calling out the title track did somebody guest mix or whatever um so i got that one um see if you guys know this one in the chat but it is andy sneep so we got that one uh, question number four kind of got me a little bit. It was, what is the subject material of Invisible Monster? And that one was anxiety. I, Sandy, yep, Sandy got it. Andy Sneep, that's correct. Yep. And Sandy's driving, so make sure you're driving. Make sure you're driving safe. <laughs> yep. Look at Gibson Les Paul. That's that's a good one. He said Andy Sneep or Jimmy T. Jimmy T was co-producer. Um, so good call there, though for remembering Jimmy T. Not a lot of people remember that one. Um, So question number five was, who wrote the lyrics to The Alien? I got that one right. Yeah, you got that one right, Um, which was obviously James Labrie. Uh, 
Um, question six. I wasn't sure about this one, but I was kind of sure. Uh, was the rock formation on the cover of the new record is an actual rock formation in what country? And it was. Uh, you didn't get that one, did you? No, I put in uh, Nepal. I don't know why. But Nepal? They, they, they have big mountains there, too. So, <laughs> Imagine that. A country has yeah. mountains. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was Norway. So that one was Norway. And then uh, the next question uh, is, it's a three-pointer. Since Mangini has joined the band, what three records have they played in their entirety? And obviously that would be scenes from a memory, images and words, and the astonishing. Yeah, so, that was a pretty that was a pretty easy slam dunk one there. I think that was the easiest question there was. And and now this one I I didn't write all of them down, so if I I'll give the two that I got. If you remember the other three, please chime in here. But question eight was worth five points. I got two of these. It was what five songs have the band what five songs have they never played live? And I got two of them. I got Room 137 and Out of Reach. Uh, was it S2N also? S2N was in there? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, man, I don't Oop. remember the other two. Oh, it was uh, off the self-titled. Surrender to Reason? What was Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, what... So one more we're missing. Everett, if you're still on here, let us know. <laughs> Everett, <laughs> Everett, Everett just said Everett just said, I gotta I gotta I gotta check out, man. <laughs> <laughs> so Sa- Sandy got yeah. Look at this. Look at Kale. I smoked you on this one. Whatever, Kale. Bring it on. <laughs> we'll do a trivia contest on here sometime. We'll, well, we'll if see. that's the case, then what is the other one? <laughs> if you know yeah, there. come on, Kale. What's what's the fifth one, <laughs> smart ass? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dude. I was I was on I was on here with Kale for like two hours last night. I, I hit him up. I was like, "It'll be five minutes, I swear." And oh, he, he... no, <laughs> not from the new Nick, album, you dope. Nick Brayman, duck fart. <laughs> That's gorilla fart, man. <laughs> Look at Kale answering the call. No, no, not dude. from the new album. Spence. No, not from the new album. So, <laughs> um, so we so by the way, we are currently tracking uh Chance Labrie down so he'll be on hopefully soon oh there it is adam rishaw got it the best of times adam got it oh yeah that was the one that was number five where were you on that one kale so thank you You adam rishaw that that makes sense because i mean that's such a personal portnoy song that they would never remotely attempt that once he left the band you know yeah and and black clouds is what 2009 ish 2009 yeah yeah and he left two years later so if you did if you didn't get it on that tour it obviously never gonna happen yeah, for sure. All right, so that was that was our good time. Won a trivia contest, you know. Got a vinyl copy of the new record, which was amazing, and had a blast meeting some new friends. And then uh, we went to the show. And uh, if any of you are trying to avoid spoilers for the set list on the on the uh, on the current tour, might want to turn it off now because we are about to spoil it for you. Um, I think everyone knows, obviously, the opening song, uh, but. You know, but before we before we get into that, what was your overall opinion of the show? Because I I was really wondering, like, how how it was going to go, 
because, you know, they've had two years off and I get like they're refreshed and stuff. But especially like with James, like, you know, singers always talk about the fact that, you know, they keep their voices in shape by constantly touring, constantly singing. And he had two years off and I thought he sounded awesome. I thought that, you know, I I thought that the, you know, his power was the best I've seen it in a long time. Um, and he just sounded great. I mean, what was your overall opinion? I thought he sounded great, too. <clears throat> I mean, the whole band sounded great. You know, I mean, I guess it sounds dumb. It's like, oh, Dream Theater sounded great. Surprise, surprise, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I think there was a lot of energy on stage. <clears throat> there was a lot of energy in the crowd. I think people were just dying to be out there and, and, and you know, be rocking and be at shows again. You know, I've, I've been to a couple shows, um, you know, finally this past year. You know, we got to go to Sammy, I think, and, and I got to see Gojira. But, but you right. know, there's still nothing like seeing Dream Theater live. You know, it's just a whole other animal. Yeah, I like I said, I was a little nervous because we had heard, you know, prior prior to going that the show was like two, two and a half hours and it was only 10 songs. And we were like, OK, well, that's that's kind of interesting. And I, I was wondering how that was going to flow, because it's like I wondered, like, would it get kind of tiresome having these like, you know, like minimal breaks like. But the, the show ended up just under two hours and I thought that it flowed really well. And I just I I thought it was like like I expected to have a fun time, but you know I w- I was wondering how it was going to sound. And I, it was kick ass. It was one of the best shows I've seen them do, honestly. And I think that was my either my twentieth or twenty first time seeing them. I think they picked a great opener and and literally the greatest science fiction movie ever made. Thank you, Ridley Scott. Um, <laughs> well, you know what, dude? Before before we get to the opening song and the uh, the track listing, why don't we bring on uh, Mister Chance Labrie? from Fawcett. What is going on, man? Yo, how are you guys doing? <laughs> Good to see you, man. Thanks Good for coming on. Thanks for having me. And thanks for your patience, guys. Oh, no problem. No problem, man. Um, so right off the bat, we've got you on because you guys have put out a kick-ass new single called Lullabies. So why don't we start out, you know, tell us a little bit about Lullabies and where it came from and, you know, is it coming off a new record? So give us, yeah. some, give us some background yeah, on the song. So we actually, uh, it's, it's uh, the first single we released off of our uh, new album, Monarch. And uh, Monarch comes out uh, June 10th this year. So, uh, yeah, we just felt that this song was a good representation of what the whole album offers. And it's a really strong first single. Um, and so far, we've been getting a really good response for, to it. So we're stoked. It's awesome. Yeah, I was I was going to that was actually going to be my next question, because when I pulled your guys stuff up on Amazon, it came up under Monarch. So I was like, OK, when's the new record? You know, so, um, yeah, it's, it's weird. Some uh, streaming services put it as its like own single and then some put it under our album. That was interesting to us. But uh, yeah, we're uh, really excited for everyone to hear the next few singles coming out as well as the new album. It's really cool. How, how many singles are you guys going to drop before June? Uh, three more. So four in total. The next okay. one, uh, next one comes out on March 3rd, actually. Oh, very cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so one, one of our buddies is tuning in from Australia. He says, he says, hello from Western Australia, Chance, our good buddy, Kale. So What's we got, up, Canada. Kale? <laughs> we got, we got Australia, we got Canada. We're covering all, all points of the globe here. So, oh yeah. um, so, all right. So this is your guys' second record. And obviously you guys, you know, you have, you have the, here we are EP. So, I, I think as I was listening to your guys' stuff, 
it, it almost you can you can hear like almost a you know all and you guys are still a pretty young band in terms of the time you've been together and putting stuff out yeah. like you can already hear like kind of like a progression in the songwriting so i mean is that organic or are you guys like going for something specific in the sound like the, you know because there's a little bit like as it's moving on there's a little bit less of the breakdown stuff and a little bit more kind of like riff based kind of parts in there so yeah i mean is that conscious or how, how did you guys come about you know how'd that come about it's uh, definitely something that's conscious, but it's also naturally happening. As we get older, our taste in music changes and develops and matures, and sure. so do the songs we write. So when we were younger, we were a lot more into that heavy stuff. And as we get older, we're, you know, changing what we're into. We're into lighter stuff. We're into, you know, uh, just a, a way bigger, um, like, uh, way more genres than we were let's say in high school. So that definitely uh, shows in this new album for sure. And what, what bands are you guys influenced by? Um, well, ever, ever since we ju just dropped this new single, we've been, a, we've been hearing a lot that uh, it sounds like bring me the horizon, not in like a bad way or anything like a, a good, <laughs> a good resemblance. And I'd say we, we all uh, dig them. Uh, but other bands we're into are uh, like North lane, um, I grew up on Dream Theater. I love Dream Theater. Um, <laughs> some of a down, uh, Tesseract, Jason Richardson. Um, yeah, there's a ton. There's a ton of music we're into. Yeah. So full full disclosure, chance. The first time uh, we heard Falset was you doing the cover with your dad, the Motley Crue cover. Nice. Uh, we had an episode where we were doing Dream Theater side projects, and this band Falset comes up, and someone said, "Oh, that's uh, that's James Son on drums." So I had I did not know you guys had any original material, and then John told me about the interview. So I went back and I listened to uh, Follower Lead the Way. I absolutely love the album. I hear a lot of, and tell me if I'm wrong. I, I hear a lot of like the early Thirty Seconds to Mars. I don't know if you guys are inspired by them at all. I hear that. I hear. Um, Bullet for My Valentine, which are all bands I love. The Bring, yeah. Me, the, uh, Bring Me the Horizon, I think, is is very obvious, but but um, you you guys sound killer doing it. Like I love your 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 drumming style is heavy but progressive, and it's it's very unique. And this just is you know we're not I'm not just like trying to brown nose because your dad's in Dream Theater. <laughs> like, this is legit. Like dude, you and the bass player, I think it's I looked it up. His name is Riley. Is that correct? Riley, you yeah. guys drive. It's you guys are definitely driving the sound of, of this band and driving these songs. Is that kind of just a natural thing for you to approach it that way? And do you feel that yeah. you're sort of driving it that way? I know because it's easy to say a drummer drives a band, but it's not really always true. Yeah. Well, I've always like, you know, I, I started off playing guitar and then I got into drumming and when I got into drumming, I loved it way more. But for me, like, you know, I, I think like all the technical drummers and stuff, they're really cool and all that. But I always was into drummers that really just sat with the band and they were in the pocket and they were tight on top of the beat. And there's like little tasteful things you add in on top of that. But if that strong groove isn't there, then the song's not going to come out to the best of its ability. So I just keep that in the back of my mind when I'm writing drum parts. Who are some of the, the drummers that you're influenced besides? I mean, I guess obviously probably Portnoy and Mangini. Like, who are yep. some of your big time drum influences? Yeah, Portnoy, Mangini for sure. Um, I'm really into Ray Luzier from Corn. Okay. Yep. Uh, Nick Nick Peterson from Northlane. He's like amazing, like so good. Um, Luke Holland, he's really good. Plays with Jason Richardson. 
Uh, he's a, he has a YouTube account. Like, you should check out his videos if you haven't. He's insane. Um, yeah, that's like my main drummers. I was inspired by that. I can think of on the spot for sure. Sweet. What? What's? Uh, just curious. What's the one Dream Theater song on drums where you hear it or you hear it or the first time you heard it, you're just like, oh my god, what? What is? What is going on here? What is that? <laughs> well, <laughs> I do think, you have uh, multiple? Yeah. Well. I don't know. For me, regardless of like the drum parts, the Count of Tuscany has like always <laughs> just been a song that's like, oh my god, like I love that song. You just made a best friend. That's Brian's like all time favorite Dream Theater song. <laughs> I love oh. it. It's so good, man. Oh, uh, we so, found out. I, I got a spoiler that that was the the encore, but I was like, I didn't care. I mean, and we're literally we're not even twenty four hours off of coming off the high of seeing the show, and they ended with that, and I'm still like shaking from it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. So, so piggy, piggybacking on Brian's question about you know you and you know you and Riley driving the songs. I know that um you know I've gone back and listened to some other interviews you've done, and you know your singer does like you know a lot of the songwriting. You know he brings like the demos and the ideas to you. So when he brings those, do you then get to put your spin on it, or does he pretty much have kind of like a map of okay here here's what I want to hear, or do you have kind of like creative freedom to go well here's here's what I feel like doing underneath this. Yeah, um, I definitely have like all the creative freedom I want to add what I uh, whatever I want. Uh, but a lot of the time, Zach will send me a demo and he'll always have drums to his demo. And yeah, a lot of the stuff I'll add, you know, my twist to it and change the parts up. But there is a lot of times where what Zach wrote just was perfect and was really cool. Actually, I, I find that there's like a lot of guitarists out there that write really interesting drum parts that drummers wouldn't naturally think of. Sure. So, all right. With, with the success of, you know, we follow or lead the way you guys obviously established the band firmly. Um, what pressures are you guys facing, you know, facing now that you didn't the first time around? Um, I, I'd say uh, less pressures because, um, before we were independent and doing everything ourselves and now we've grown to be a band that also has a team of people working with us um, so there's actually a lot less stress for us now and we're able to focus more on what we should be focusing on which is like the music and everything that falsett is sure so I want, I want to piggyback on that, at what you said, everything the falsett is. So I found something interesting. When I went to your website, it is not what you would consider a normal band website that looks like. Like you guys, you basically have like your own almost like clothing design company. Is this correct? Yeah. Yeah. So is that a conscious decision to do that with the website? Definitely. We, we wanted to brand out falsett.co. We want that to be its own entity that we can... Um, you know, as the band grows and as we become more successful, it won't just be clothing. It'll be more than that. And uh, yeah, we just uh, we're all very, you know, business minded people. So we don't just go into anything we do without thinking about uh, the best way to, you know, capitalize on everything. So from the start, we were like, what are we going to do differently for merch? Let's like build this cool, different website, falset.co. It's its own thing. And uh, yeah, it's it's been really cool. People love the stuff on it. 
There's some awesome stuff on there. I got to admit, though, for John and I, because I'm old, I'm like 50-some, so the only thing I can probably get is the dad head or the hoodie. I, I will look I will look awful in those T-shirts, and I don't know if I can – like, I love the band, but I'm not sure about, you know, an iPhone case holder that says falsehood on yeah. it. I, I mean, I, I would still do it probably, I'm just saying, but, but uh, yeah, that's very, very cool, man, that you guys are thinking, like, in such a 2022 kind of, you know – you know we are in this world of like hey it's a brand you know like you said it's not just a band and and what better way to market it than you got your name plastered all over a bunch of cool stuff that people want yeah well thank you yeah so a lot of people talk about i mean this is obviously a big you know point of contention with musicians and stuff you know the whole you know spotify and streaming and you know you don't make you know, money off of record sales and stuff like that. But you guys, you know, you guys are in your early twenties. So you, you, you know, brought the band up and put the band together while this was a thing. I mean, do you, and, and knowing, you know, what your dad had to go through, you know, it, before he was in dream theater, you know, to build a local band, you know, the, the, you know, air quotes, the old school way. Do you think it's actually a beneficial thing to have, to have all this digital technology at your fingertips? Like, you know, because you don't have to really like go out and hand people flyers or you know yeah. sell people stuff physically. Like, do you think it's there's actually a lot of benefits to it? Because a lot of people think that it's kind of killing the industry. But for a band like your guys, you know, how do you see it? Well, I think you have to always adapt with change. And if you're against it, you're just going to get lost in the past. Uh, so you're just like a slave to whatever you know is in, and we're slave to the way it is now, which is it's all digital and it's streaming. And I, I think there's definitely a lot of pros to it, but there's definitely a lot of cons to it. Um, it's easier for bands to get heard and get out there now, but there's no doubt about it. Back in the day, if you were a band that was making it, you were making way more money. So there's definitely pros and cons to both. So I'd assume that that's basically the whole idea behind Fawcett.co that, you know, it's a band, but it's also almost like its own separate entity in a mm -hmm. way. You yeah. Know, so it's like, you know, beyond the band, like it's got our band name on it, but we also have this clothing business. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So, we, yeah, yeah I mean, for sure. As we, uh, you know, grow and get more money into the band, we want to do more stuff than just like the band, the typical band stuff. We want to go into more business avenues than uh, most bands do. Sure. So, what's like the best piece of advice that your dad gave you when you, when he, you know, discovered that, hey, you have this talent and you're going to put all you have into this. Like what's the one thing he told you that stuck with you the most? Uh, the one thing he said was if you're going to do something like you got to put 110% into it. And that stuck with me because literally me and my whole band will drain our bank accounts into this band. We'll work full-time jobs, part-time jobs, and we'll put everything into it because we know that we can always just go make more money and it fuels our band and allows our band to grow and allows us to get more awareness and get out there and play these shows and get the gear we need and do everything. So my, his advice to me, which I tell everyone, is like, if you're going to do something, like put 110 percent into it or it's not worth it at all. Yeah, so, that makes sense. I've always thought that like drive, you know, you obviously have talent, you know, but like drive will always like <laughs> that'll always out overtake talent you know in, in the long 100%. run and, and if you've got both then it's like it's a no-brainer yeah i agree so so obviously you guys you know what it, it is the first date tomorrow or or is it saturday like you guys you guys are doing those four canadian dates you know with dream yeah. theater yeah so how, how like how much 
you know touring have you guys done so far like like what what's the most extensive amount of you know either you know regional touring or you know what like how much have you guys done because these are these are high profile shows that you're doing right here yeah, for, you these, know, the next... these are definitely the biggest shows we've done and as far as touring we've done little runs here and there uh just in ontario so uh, this is definitely bigger than we've ever done. We got to play Warp Tour. Uh, we got to play uh, opening for All That Remains at one show. Um, so those were like bigger shows for us. But this is definitely the biggest. And uh, yeah, we're stoked. The first date's Saturday for us. So we actually head out tomorrow to head to Quebec City. And now, are you feeling any like added pressure just, be, you know, because, you know, you're, you know, you're James's kid and people know that, you know, so going up there, it's not, oh, check out Fawcett, like a lot of Dream Theater fans, you know, they're pretty savvy, they, they keep up with stuff. So they're like, okay, well, this is James's kid. So of course, he gets these, this, you know, this spot to open for Dream Theater. Like, are you, is there any added pressure from that? Or is it almost like a lack of pressure? Um, Definitely not a lack of pressure, but I'm not like worried about the fans and that kind of pressure it's more like i've um you know grown up around dream theater and the crew and all the all the guys and it's more about like pressure from them it's like the first time your 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 uncle comes to a show or something (laughs) like that i'm more worried about dream theater watching me side stage than you know any of the crowd that's what i'm more worried about i want to (laughs) impress I want to impress my dad's coworkers, you know. <laughs> That's you look over Mike Mangini's like, nope, he blew that yeah. one, dude. Nope, yeah. that, that messed that Phil. <laughs> Mike, like, like we, we need to have a talk after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me show you something, kid. <laughs> so, what, um, so, what's what song do you think that they would let you sit in on, or, or if they if they would let you sit in, which hopefully they would. What do you mean, or, like on drums? Yeah, yeah. Never. Uh, never. No. no? <laughs> if you if you could sit in on a song and it wasn't Count of Tuscany, what what, what would you sit in on? Hmm. I don't know. I would definitely go for one of their uh, more simple songs. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> Panic Attack would be cool. <laughs> That'd be awesome. awesome. Yeah. So so how, I mean, obviously, you know, James is your dad, so that's an obvious answer. But how did the opportunity to do these four shows come up outside of just okay? James is like, hey, I'm going to play with my kid. Like, was well, there more? To, was there more to it, or was it really that simple? Well, um, they because of COVID, um, it's just it's easier for them to have a different uh, opening act in Canada than the states. Um, and when they found out that they were doing it that way, uh, Dream Theater's management actually said, hey, like Paul Sutt's doing pretty good. Like, what about them? And my dad's like, hell yeah, that's, like, that's a great idea. And then they brought it up to us and we're like, please, like, yes, please sign us up. Where do we sign? That's awesome. So yeah. now do you guys get a tour bus or are you driving yourselves? <laughs> we're taking out two trucks with us. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So, I mean, has there been talk of you guys potentially down the road doing like, you know, like a U.S. leg with them at any oh, yeah. point or uh, not? Not with them, but uh, we just signed to Dynamic Talent International, uh, our agency. So we're definitely trying to get into the States as soon as possible. Hopefully this summer um, we, we want to just go to the States and never leave. Just keep touring the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw I saw another interview that you did and you had mentioned that there's not a lot of metalheads in Canada. So, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm, I, 
Yeah, I don't know if I agree with what I said before. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that There's a lot of metalheads, but not when you're like comparing it to the states. So I are there opportunities? Just, go ahead. Sorry, when you Brian. told me that, John. Sorry, when you told me that, I think I, I rephrase. I think there's probably not a lot of young metalheads. Maybe there's a lot of old metalheads. Is probably mm-hmm. probably more like it. Yeah, but uh, there, hopefully- I think there is a strong like young metal fan base too. But again, it's just like you have toronto as a stop you have a couple places in quebec as a stop and then you maybe have the west coast as a stop and then you're out of canada whereas the states like you're you're there for four weeks straight you know yep so our buddy our buddy from australia has a question for you so he says since you are touring with dream theater do you think there's an opportunity there will be an opportunity to see you guys play kickstart my heart with james as a special song somewhere (laughs) Hmm. i don't know maybe you'll have to wait and find out (laughs) <laughs> i love it well, i don't know if he can make it to canada from australia but if there's anybody that would do it it'd be kale he'd figure <laughs> yeah, out a way to get there he yeah. definitely would now, now that he knows we're doing kickstart where he's got to come <laughs> yeah but, kale but buy no, that plane ticket for real though we're, we're not we're not doing that that'd be cool though we actually we talked about that it got brought up a few times but it's not uh it's not gonna happen so i mean obviously you know going back to you know acceptance from the dream theater fan base it's a discerning fan base and you know people know that you know you're james's son it's your band i mean so obviously a lot of fans will give you for lack of a better term like a passing grade because they know you're james's son they know your talent you know but at the same time i mean you're going to be judged by some really hardcore fans potentially like you know under a under a much more scrutinous microscope i mean how 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 are you going to handle that criticism you know, that, you know, ultimately really has nothing to do with how you perform on stage. It's fine. Like I've seen my dad deal with those guys his whole life. Um, and I just ignore it really. And besides like, we're going to kick ass. So I don't think there'll be many people, um, saying that shit. (laughs) I love it, man. That's awesome. How how mad does it get you when the, when the people, because it infuriates us the, some of the stuff that people say about your dad and, you know, if, if he, if he has an off night once in a while, or he's not feeling well or whatever, does that, does that just, just burn you? Or, you know, like, Hey, my dad gives all he can. I don't even care about what these idiots think. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. Like, I think it used to bother me. Like I, when I was younger and getting on Facebook and then seeing, uh, any hate, like, I'd be like, what the hell? But I, I ignore it now. hundred percent. Yeah. I think you almost have to, right. Otherwise it just drive you crazy. Yeah. And, and for every one person that's like shitting on the band, there's like 10 other people that are like praising them. So, yep, that's for sure. So Riley, now you, you guys all live within pretty close proximity to each other, except for Riley. Isn't Riley like six hours away from you guys or something like that? Yeah. Like five, six hours away. Yeah. So how did now, so when you guys are writing like new material, do you do the whole internet thing, like sending files back and forth? Did you guys actually have an opportunity to get together physically and write in a room? No, we don't. We don't do the typical uh, write in a room thing like uh, the old school days. Uh, it actually, like we all have studios within our own home. So it starts with Zach writing in his studio and then he sends it to me. I play around with the drums, send it back to the guys. What do they think? And then Riley comes in after the drums are done you know, adds his flair to the bass parts and yeah, like it's all, it's all done remotely. And then uh, what we do is we have Riley come up 
every once in a while and we get some jams in and do whatever we got to do together. So how did you, we're talking on a daily basis. So sure. So how did, how did you meet Riley? Has he always been that far away or cause I know you guys formed in high school. So did you all go to high school and he moved away or was it? No. Uh, so Zach and I are the only ones left from like what Fawcett was in high school. Okay. Uh, our ex vocalist, Mike, who sang on our first EP, he actually found Riley when we were looking for a bassist back in 2018, I believe. Um, and yeah, I think he found him on like Kijiji or something like that, <laughs> like a Craigslist kind of kind of website. And uh, yeah, we just uh, really got got along with Riley and the six hour drive didn't really seem like a problem to us. But now if we had known then what we're dealing with. No, I'm just, I'm just uh, okay. yeah, I know Riley's, Riley's great. Yeah. So you said that you started out on guitar. So, you know, obviously you said, you know, Zach, you know, does a lot of the writing, sends you guys stuff. Do you ever like present riffs or is it, or are you solely just putting like the drum parts to it? Do you ever like originate any of this stuff? Solely just the drum parts for, for the most part, there has been a riff before that was used, but yeah, just drums for for the most part. Yeah. You know, speaking of guitar, I noticed on on the uh, follower lead the way it it take you have to get all the way to the last song, basically smoke and mirrors, until you actually almost get what I kind of consider a guitar solo. Was that like a conscious thing on the album? Like you just didn't want a lot of solos, or it, there's that very kind of it's a very lyrical. It's, it's what John and I talk about that lyrical majestic way that Petrucci plays, and there's those melodies coming. Um, right. in, in a guitar solo there that I don't hear on the entire rest of the album. It's very cool because I was like, wow, I didn't hear this on the rest of the album. I love all the playing, but this kind of came out of nowhere on this song, which was awesome. Yeah, well, I think uh, like from high school to now, it's like gradually become less and less and less guitar solos. But there's we still throw a guitar solo in where it makes sense every few songs we write. But yeah, I think there, yeah, on that album, there's just like a couple guitar solos. I think when I was talking to John too, what what I love, I love bands that can mix the heavy and the clean, you know, and it's like, if it's all heavy, then it's just, you know, to me, you lose the heaviness of it. It's the balance of it. But you guys, it's crazy because I'm listening to your songs and I'm like, okay, you got the song that starts heavy and then it goes clean. You got the ones that are clean the whole way through. Then all of a sudden at the end, you got the heavy vocals. It's like, you never know where it's coming from. It's like just a perfect blend. Like it, it, it doesn't seem like there's any... I don't use the word consistency, but I like how there's not that consistency. So I'm excited to see on this new album, you know, how you've even grown more from that. Cause it's like, yeah. it seems like you're good at like, at, at like changing it up enough to where it doesn't seem formulaic. And you, you've got all these layers, you know, like the vocals are layered so many times and there's cool keyboards coming in. The guitars have effects on them and your drumming's all over the place. And it's like, it's creating these big sonic landscapes. And that's why I always mention like bands like 30 seconds to Mars, the early stuff. That's just what really hits me. And I don't know, like I said, if that's what you're going for, but that's, that's the way it comes off. And I think it's awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. uh, We've heard uh, you said bullet and 30 seconds to Mars, right? We've heard those before, but we're actually not like, like I like 30 seconds to Mars, but I've never like deep dived into their stuff before. Yeah. So, what what's what's up next for you guys after these dream theater dates what you know you got the record coming out in june so you know beyond the dream theater dates and you're gearing up for the record coming out what what's next what's next on your guys plate yeah well uh as i mentioned before we got some new singles coming out the next one is march 3rd and then we got two more after that coming out the new album's coming out in uh june 
uh we're shooting some music videos in march when we get back from tour um yeah and then like we're gonna try and book more tours like uh in the states whenever we can get over there well, you'll at least you'll at least have me and Brian coming out for sure. So awesome, it'll be awesome, yeah, awesome to catch you guys live. Uh, so, thank you very much for coming on. Before we let you go, I caught a part of another interview you did, and I have to ask a non-music question because I also have a Star Wars podcast, and oh I heard boy. you say that you you are a huge Star Wars guy, or at least pretty you know pretty big fan. Yeah. So, what is your favorite Star Wars movie? <laughs> Um, the Empire Strikes Back. I'd have to say, probably. <laughs> that was kind of if that was kind of iffy. You're like wavering between yeah, one. Yeah, like because like I don't know. Like I'm not. I'm not like Star Wars fans are like Dream Theater fans in that they are like hardcore. When I say I'm a Star Wars fan, like I'm not like a crazy Star Wars fan, you know. So, but I I, I love I love the movies. Awesome. Well, yeah, again, I need, I need to brush up on all the Star Wars stuff. <laughs> well, if, if 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 we get to catch you here, man, I'll I'll find a way to get backstage and we'll, we'll go over some Star Wars stuff. <laughs> yeah, 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 awesome. So, well, Chance, thank you so much for making time to come on the show, man. I I really really appreciate it, and um, man, best of luck with the new record and uh, safe travels on these tour dates coming up, man. Thanks yeah, a lot. Well, thanks so much for having me, guys. It's been fun. Anytime, yeah, man. Thanks, the record buddy. kicks ass. Thank you. Good luck, man. Take care. Appreciate it, man. Cheers, Cheers guys. Thanks. Well, there he goes. Chance Labrie from Fawcett. That was awesome. That was awesome. So how are, how are, how are you feeling? You, you asked a couple questions there. It took about five minutes to get into it. Sorry, man. <laughs> well, it's funny. always kind of weird, you know, like it, it's like, ah, ah, you know, that yeah, was awesome, man. It was very cool talking, talking to him. And he seems so down to earth. And that thing about his dad was like, you know, that the advice is like, hey, man, just give, you know, if this is what you're going to do, then, you know, bust your ass as much as humanly possible doing it and and that's what he's doing obviously and he has you know there's no doubt he's got the talent and they've got the now that they have the drive you know be you, you hope the best for him you know yeah for sure yeah I, I i love his answer about the website you know because i mean it's it's such it's such a brilliant way to go about things to have you know okay here's our band's website so you can find our music but check out our clothing line it's like a whole separate business but kind of tied together i mean you know it's it's just such a smart way to go you know and I, who who said it in the chat you know brandon charles he said super smart with the state of the industry nowadays and and you know he, he it really is i mean it's a great way to go about things man yeah it's like the the it's almost like the lebronization of of you know everything basically you know it's it's a brand you know i mean michael jordan i guess yeah. started originally but lebron kind of took it to a whole new level and it's like hey if you're a musician now you might as well, you know, jump on and, and whatever you can do to get your name out there, you know? Yep. Well, so thanks again to Chance Labrie for coming on. That was awesome. Uh, if you guys are up in Canada, they're doing the, they're doing the four Canadian dates coming up here this weekend and early next week. So uh, go check them out. Let us know. Let us know what you guys thought about the show. Obviously, uh, the, the new record, Monarch, is coming out in June. So check that out. Also, their new uh, single, Lullabies. They're a fucking kick-ass band pardon the f-bomb but i i'm with you dude i really really like the album it's really good so uh all right well why don't we dig into last night's show we you know before chance came on we talked about you know the the, the pre-show hangout that we did in the trivia contest and uh let's get into the set man i mean obviously everybody knows that you know they opened with alien and 
I tried to remain spoiler free, but I got a spoiler in the bathroom before the show of all places. And I somebody said, somebody <laughs> Is said, Is that what oh. you crazy kids are calling it these days? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got a spoiler in the bathroom. <laughs> well, I did. It was like We're some guy to was, a whole new low now. <laughs> some guy's washing his hands and he's like, Man, they're only playing one song prior to two thousand. I was like, You son of a bitch. <laughs> like I I made it all the way to the show without getting any friggin' spoilers that it's like a half hour before showtime and I, I get that dropped on me. I was like, damn it. Uh, uh, Joe Gebhardt, good to see you, man. He says, will this jumpstart future interviews more geared to possibly get band members on? Well, um... No, we don't. Our, we don't want band members on our Dream Theater podcast. Yeah, Come on, dude. Seriously? Yeah. No. The band is not welcome on our Dream Theater <laughs> podcast. Dream Theater's not welcome here. Um, we, We're hoping, man. Uh, that would that would be awesome if we could get the guys on. So uh, we we do not know, um, but hopefully 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 we get lucky and we can get one of the guys on or a couple of the guys. We'll see. So, um, all right. So we got the alien, and so, then so leading into your spoiler, you said there yes. was only one song pre two thousand, right? Yep, and it was the second it, song in the set they, when they. Oh, you're going to pull a one-liner, aren't you? It was either halfway to noon or halfway to midnight, depending on your perspective. Good Lord. We're going to do this, aren't we? (laughs) We are. (laughs) So, yeah. So track number two was six o'clock. And I'm so glad that I did not catch any set list spoilers because the alien is is such a great song. And, you know, get to the end of the alien. I'm I'm like, okay, now what's coming? You get I'm like, oh, yes. So six o'clock comes in and it was oh, my God, it was so awesome to hear that one. Um, I I was a little bummed knowing that there was that was the only song prior to 2000 because I was holding out hope for something from falling into infinity. (laughs) I told you you that was a pipe dream. I knew there was no way. Not on this tour. Well, I, trial I, did, of I didn't tears, see it man. What, what, why not trial of tears? I just, I don't know. I just didn't see it happening. <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't see it happening either. I didn't see it happen last night. It's not happening on this whole tour. So there we go. No, but, I, uh, I, I, I loved hearing six o'clock live. You know, like I said before, there's there's certain songs that translate way better live. And you know, I've always said before, I don't totally, I don't really love the mix on Awake. Everyone else is like, oh, it's the mix is amazing, and I'm insane. Which yeah. Not the first right. time someone's called me insane, but but you All know, right. six o'clock live is awesome, dude. Sounded great. Yes. All right. So I, I guess I, I guess we're allowed to say this because Aiken posted it in the chat. Uh, the real answer, Joe Gebhardt, is yes. It's being worked on for once the tour is over. So we are trying to get some of the guys on. Uh, it'll be one of the upcoming episodes because the, the there's like a two or I think it's like a three week break or something like that between the end of the U.S. tour leg and then the start of the European leg. So we're trying to get one of the guys on to talk to us and do like kind of like a tour wrap up. So I didn't want to say for sure because I don't know what we're allowed to talk about, what we're not. But uh, yeah, Chris Aiken runs CMS uh, CMS Network and Heavy Metal Television. He's the one helping us out. And uh, so there you go. So we are we, we may have uh, some of the Dream Theater guys on. So we will definitely post that as soon as we as soon as we are able to. But um, does that mean we passed the J- the chance the breed test? Because we were like <laughs> we were nervous, man. Like we thought this is like basically an audition to see if we can. Because like it's like I kind of go back to what we're talking about the fan meetup thing. Like you and I are we don't want to be those people that like bother 
the band to get them on. You know, we want to we want to just like have fun doing this, prevent a quality product for people to interact and then have them find out about it and want to be on. You know, we don't want to be like yeah. bugging. Hey, can you you know, that, that's why we're not like bugging chance. Hey, make sure your dad gets on the podcast. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like we seriously don't want to be those kind of guys because those kind of guys are insanely annoying. It's like so it's like if this all progresses like in a natural, organic way, then it's going to be even more, you know, more fun and more. We're going to get a lot more out of it that way, too. Don't you think? Totally. Yeah. I mean, and, and you're right. It's, you know, kind of like we talked about at the start of the show when we met up with, you know, the fan club yesterday. We didn't want to come barreling into the table and going, we got a podcast like that's that's just such a dick move. It's you know, we brought it up and you know, we, we definitely want, you know, people to check it out. And that's awesome. But you don't want to just go in there like, you know, like a freaking, you know, commercial. <laughs> so um, <laughs> look, Gibson, Les Paul, I bet it ain't my young. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'd be awesome if it was. We get like one of the super rare John Myung interviews. That would be that would be awesome. So, how was the um, last tour? <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I gotta say something. I was gonna save it till the end, but like, I, just watching. Okay, when the show's completely over and they all gotta come out, and like he just walks out there and he just has this look on his face, like I really gotta do this. Like, I mean, it's it's not totally like that, but you just wonder, like, how much does he just hate? the idea of like just getting the recognition you know like he just seems like a guy he just does, he just wants to play his bass and be left alone which is awesome i love that but it's like he trots out there and it's like he could it's all he can do to barely get the corners of his <laughs> lips to go up for a smile you know? right. it's like literally like one of the greatest musicians and bass players of all time and it's like he doesn't want anyone to tell him he's great he, he, doesn't, he doesn't care you know he's, he doesn't want to hear it anymore yeah, he's he's not into the rock star trip, man. It's it's you know what like like what Eddie Van Halen used to say. He's like, I'm not a rock star, I'm a musician, and that's definitely the outlook that you know John Mayung has. And it's, I mean, it's admirable. I mean, you know, with a band like those guys, you know, as as Chance you know pointed out, you know, Dream Theater fans are super hardcore, and you know, can you know can be over the top. I mean, I'm admittedly one of those. I'm a fanboy, and you know. He doesn't get into that trip at all. He he just is like, look, dude, I just want to play. So well, this this know. is a good segue. Speaking of my young, I, we had never, I had never seen this before. For song three, yes. Uh, hey, someone, go tell dad that nap time is over. There was For a the love of God. There was a capo on the bass guitar. The third song is "Awaken the Master." Bri Brian apparently is going to announce all ten songs of the set list in literal terms. Well, I'm trying to avoid spoilers, but then you're telling the song title again anyway, so it's like, well, but yeah. Plus, so, so, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, but yeah, track three what it was "Awaken the Master," and to your to your point, um, if you go on our Facebook page, uh, my buddy Jimmy that we went to the show with got an awesome picture of it. My young was playing the bass with a capo. And I was like, I have never seen that ever. I couldn't believe it. I was yeah, like, it must what be the hell? To do with, must be something to do with that eight string and how low that is or whatever. And you don't want to be that low on the bass with it. Or maybe it was that was the way to get it in open strings or something. I, I don't know. But uh, yeah. it was weird. It, I never saw that before. He also, I noticed, had a there was an iPad in front of him. And I don't know what was on that. If it was like, because he's a guy that like, you never see like remotely even looking at anything for like short, you know, chords or charts. And not that I would ever fault anyone. I mean, Jordan has his music on the iPad up there too. So I don't know if maybe because this was like, Hey, we're doing all of these songs. Most of them are 10, 12, 15 minutes. You know, we're doing all of our epics and some of these they haven't played in a while. Maybe there's some notes on there. I don't, 
you know, I'm not going to speculate that that's what it was. Maybe it was some lyric sheets of Case James is running over there or something. You know, we don't know for sure, but I did notice it over there and I thought it was a little interesting. Yeah, I when I when I caught that, I was like, holy crap. I mean, you and I you and I looked at each other like, is that a capo on the base? <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> wow. So, well, K- Kale is giving us a little bit of a musical explanation. He says, weird, but I suppose eight string tuning is F sharp. So he wouldn't need much below the second fret of the E string. OK, I- I'm terrible with, with notes and stuff like that. I I'm self-taught and poorly. So and I, I'm, I'm bad with notes. So I. I <laughs> I, I, w- I wouldn't be able to speak to that, so I'll... Look at Kale all, all schooling us on chords and stuff. <laughs> chords. <laughs> so an- another another setless surprise came up with the fourth song, uh, Endless Sacrifice. You, know, you don't even give me a chance on that one, are you? <laughs> all right, go, give your one-liner. Go no, I don't, I don't have... That's actually the one I don't have a good one for, so just skip it. <laughs> I mean, I know the others have been amazing, but that one's really yeah. bad, so yeah, skip it. But, yeah, so I that was the one that I had told you. I was like, well... There's one you don't know about, and then I think you and I were both thinking that it was something. I think you were thinking it was something different. I'm like, no, there's no way in hell that you know this is coming because you would have probably already crapped your pants. Because I know you, yeah. you, you have a special place in your heart for a lot of that heavy stuff on train of thought, and yep. uh, which most of it is. And I was like, I can't wait to see John's face. And then they started it, and you're like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was I was thrilled. I was like, it, it never even crossed my mind. I, I was I was trying to I was trying to think yesterday morning of of all of the longer songs that they could play, and I completely skipped over a couple obvious ones, and this was one of them. And I was so when they went into that that you know clean guitar part, I was like, whoa, oh my god, yes, like, and it was it was awesome, and I you know it sounded great, and it, it was so cool because you you don't really ever get to hear anything off a train of thought except for the no. few times that they'll do you know as I am. And so, so to hear that record touched on again was really cool. So that was that was definitely a welcome surprise. Um, well, what did sp- you th- speaking of welcome surprises? Yes. Oh, sorry. Did you want me to comment on in a sec? No. <laughs> no. I, I'll, I'll, I was going to say the ne- the next song's all for you, man. <laughs> oh, okay. So the, then we go into. Um, I can't even read this. It's so stupid. <laughs> you wrote these things down? All right. <laughs> you wrote down to. your jokes? All right. So we got oh a song God. five, which is stru- structurally sound, safe passages over water contained within some dude, which is bridges in the sky. But I guess actually it's bridges oh in God. the sky. What the anyway, hell is wrong with you, man? So this was like, <laughs> anyway, the second this that <laughs> I wish... No, but okay. Joking aside, I wish people had seen the look on your face the second that shaman chant started. Like all I saw was like, like when Scooby Doo like does the dinner and then you see like that dust or whatever. Like you booked <laughs> it so fast to the beer stand. The second you heard that shaman intro, like I mean, you were out of there. You're like, hey, what do you want? I'm out of here. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go get a beer. Like you well, were not gonna sit there and listen to something off a dramatic turn of events. It just was not gonna happen. Well, I didn't know it was coming up, but I knew I wanted a beverage. And then I heard that. I was like, okay, well, if, if I'm going to miss part of something, I guess it should be, you know, something off of a dramatic turn. Like, I like the record, but it's like I didn't know what else was coming. I was like, okay, this one, if I have to miss part of it, I'm not going to hate myself. And and it was it was loud enough, you know, in the lobby that I could hear perfectly. So, <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was my one. Uh, that was my one big surprise because I'd already heard the, some of the other spoilers, unfortunately, but. You know, but that was the one that I I did. You know, I just figured they would completely ignore that album. Um, you know, but I was I was awesome to hear that because that's probably my 
Uh, probably my second favorite song on that album. So sure, I was hyped going, for that one. Going back to Endless Sacrifice, uh, our buddy Robert Reem says, Endless Sacrifice was so good. Glad to hear that one. And Sandy Kuima Ferrati says, that song kicked butt. So <laughs> Gibson Les Paul. Wait, John left during Bridges? Unsubscribed. <laughs> <laughs> Scruffy, another newbie in the chat. Welcome to the show, man. He says Bridges, he or she, excuse me, uh, says Bridges in the Sky was super heavy and amazing. I, I have to admit, like as much as I, you know, I did have to miss part of the song because I was, you know, grabbing some beverages for us. Um, it sounded great, man. I mean, that song translates live so well. You know, I've seen it a few times and God, it sounds great. I mean, it really was. I, I thought it was a great choice. You know, I mean, the whole set list just, it, you know, man, it flowed together so well. You know, like well, we're talking about. Well, we'll, we'll see about that in a couple songs. <laughs> so <laughs> we had one minor hiccup <laughs> that I'm not. There's no way I'm going to let the slide. And you already know that. So we'll, oh, let's... well, me, me and you both, me and you both. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So after Bridges in the Sky, go ahead and read your read your next joke. <laughs> before uh, we get to the I don't even think song. I want to read this one. All right. Beast that is undetectable in the visual sense. <laughs> Invisible <laughs> monster. Yeah. That's I not can't believe you're doing this. We get all these new people to watch the show and you pull out handwritten jokes, man. <laughs> that is I think you're, you're using the term joke very liberally here. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we knew I think we knew this one was coming. Um I, I think we knew they were gonna play roughly four songs. I would have preferred uh transcending time over this, um, personally, if we could have had another song from the new album, but uh this is kind of a weird um I think James has described this as sort of a quintessential dream theater song, but I don't think it is. I think it's a little I don't know, a little poppier maybe. Is that would you go along with that? Or I, I to me it doesn't feel that dream theater-ish. It's it's a I think it's kind of more unique than we maybe think it is, and I'm cool with it. Yeah, I, I like the song. I, I I don't think poppy would be the word I would use. I think I I, I would kind of say like straightforward. Okay. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't really have the huge proggy moments in it. Um, I, I I think that you know this song would have fit well on our gateway gateway songs episode. I I think this would be one to show people that, you know, they they have a, a, an amazing grasp of melody and there's some clean guitars, there's heavy guitars, like so. I wouldn't say poppy, but I would say a little more straightforward. So. Uh, you know, Robert Husted, great point. I was actually just about to say that. Robert Husted says, I wanted them to play Sleeping Giant instead of Invisible Monster, but it still sounded amazing. Yes. I, yes. I, that's the one I was hoping to hear too. I, I'm a huge fan of Sleeping Giant. I really like that song. It's funny because we talked about that uh, not that long ago, and I said it was my least favorite song on the album. So, of course, <laughs> you love it, you know? Go figure. <laughs> Sandy uh, Sandy Kuima Ferrati says their music video for Invisible Monster with the band is super cool. Yes, I would completely agree with that. Our buddy Wayne Joyner did a fantastic job on all the videos, honestly. And dude, I, I will say that we we got a we, we heard a lot of people talking about the visuals of this of the stage show last night, and Wayne was getting all kinds of props, man, because it looked fantastic. So, um, all right. So after Invisible Monster. Now, now let's get into the part that uh, that, that was such. It was an enormous tease, I think. Um, do yeah, you have we, a joke we, for this we, one too. We had heard rumors about a very cold temperature with a looming <laughs> loss of vehicular control on the horizon. 
Oh my God! See, look, look, Aiken calls you out. Aiken says, "Knock, knock. Who's there? Orange, orange. Who? Orange? You glad Brian incorporated Dream Theater into his '60s joke book? Hey, these aren't '60s joke. These are like '70s." By the way, I think I'm butchering uh, Sandy's last names because she says you can just call me Sandy. <laughs> she's like, she's like, stop destroying my name, you tool. But uh, all right. So what Brian was trying to say was, uh, song seven was about to crash from six degrees and. Anytime we get anything off of Six Degrees, it is a wonderful moment. Um, it was awesome. And because we had heard that they were playing nothing but long songs, I immediately thought, holy crap, are they going to play Six Degrees? And yeah, we, uh, we, we, we were trying to do we were trying to do the concert math there during on the time. Like, we, kept, <laughs> we were like, we were like well, been, let's see, they've got this many more songs. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we I don't know. It was like we flip-flopped, I think, halfway through the song. Like, do they have time to play the whole thing and then still play, I don't know, what was it, essentially three more songs after that or whatever yeah. we have left? Yep. And I don't know. We thought well, first we thought yes, then we thought no, and then we thought yes, and then... Uh, well, Kale says, <laughs> it's not a tease. If it was a tease, you'd have had the overture as well. No, Kale, it was a tease because we were hoping they were going to go into the rest of Six Degrees, and instead... We got what Brian called the minor hiccup. We got the Ministry of Lost Souls. Yeah, that fine, uh, fine, fine song. But Brian and I are not the biggest fans of it. So <laughs> when oh, you're man. hoping for six degrees and you get Ministry of Lost Souls, we were like, ah, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's so, like here, here comes the Department of Missing Shoe Bottoms. Yay! You know that that was oh. that that was rough. No, no, dude, like. We so oh we both were God. we both were we both were aware of the spoiler right we knew this song was coming yes. and we're like so we're like wait a minute so they're only playing ten songs and one of them is the Ministry of Lost Souls yeah so there's fifteen minutes of our ten songs like down the drain right there yeah and uh I, you know once we get towards the middle of the end of this it's not you know I don't I don't it doesn't annoy me as much but I just think it's such a dragger when it starts and and. I don't know. This song has just never done anything for me. It's it's probably literally the one song in the catalog where I just I don't have any interest in hearing it. But it, sure. it seems like does it seem like a an odd choice to you to pull out for something like this? Or is it like a no brainer when you're going for epics? No, I, I, I actually thought it was a really smart choice because, I mean, like you said, like, you know, the length of it, first of all, fits well. But it's also something, that, you know, they don't touch on a lot. Yeah, you know, they, they I mean, they don't. You know, outside of Dark Eternal Night, they don't really revisit the Systematic Chaos record very much. So, um, you know, and especially, especially you know, the back half of the record. And so, I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was a cool choice. And you know, admittedly, while I'm not the biggest fan of the song, you know, same as you, I thought it translated live really well. I actually enjoyed it. Um, and you know, like you said, like about two thirds of the way through, when it, when it speeds up and everything, like I thought, I thought it was cool. I, I thought, you know, I liked it. Um, look, Gibson Les Paul he says I'll say it again the systematic chaos deep dive is my most anticipated episode hmm maybe two weeks from now uh, well we we may have other other fish to fry in two weeks we'll see but um, yeah uh, we, we can do that one should, should we put that next on our list of episodes we, we can do systematic chaos what do you think yeah that works for me 
All right. I mean, even though Gibson Les Paul is going to get his ass banned from the chat for about the 17th time, we can definitely take a request. But uh, <laughs> Robert Houston, you don't want to hear Repentance live? LOL. <laughs> you know me too well, man. You know me too well. Um, all right. So after Ministry of Lost Souls, and of course, we get to song number nine, uh, the title track from the new record, which is, go ahead, Rita. No, I'm not doing these anymore. They're, 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 not, they're not going over quite as well as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and, and, and they only got worse from the I, you know if you thought they started out great then and they're gradually getting worse yeah they get a lot worse so <laughs> yeah no we, we we knew we were getting the title track from the album view from the top of the world and uh, i was i was glad like because that song has really kind of grown on me i think the first time i heard it i was like yeah i think it translates pretty well live what, what were your thoughts on it yeah i thought i thought it was great um i actually hadn't listened to the new record recently um so yesterday morning while i was working i actually put it in and i was like man this is like like everyone describes it as as a grower and i think it definitely is because i i got you know more out of it yesterday than i have previously i'm like oh you know i forgot about this part i like this part i like this part and i i think you know the perfect example of that is the title track because when i got to that song i was like man i really like most of this and it was really cool so hearing it live was fantastic i mean it it sounded great it, it it was a perfect you know show closer you know it's it i mean it's it, it's it's not on the same level as like octavarium was but you know it's close i mean they did a great job and it, it sounds fantastic live i really enjoyed it i i really enjoyed it yeah i like a lot of uh petrucci's like those little clean you know, when I always look over at you, those little parts I love, you know, those little clean little riffs, you know, that he just, you know, you, you got your heavier part, you got your orchestration to start, then your heavier stuff, and then it's kind of just those little clean little just fills and riffs he just puts in there that just, that guitar just sings behind the keyboards that are going, you know, and you got that backdrop behind it, like, with the yep. waterfall and everything in the album cover, like, you know, those, those killer images, you know, and it was like, I don't know, there was people like on tight ropes and stuff and all that, and mountain yep. climbers and and uh, yeah, it was that was that was badass, man. Yep. Uh, Kale says they've played systematic on all but two tours with Mangini, and I think that makes it all but two since its release. Because I'm pretty sure Prophets of War was on Black Clouds and Silver Linings. No, Prophets of War was um that that's systematic, isn't it? Yeah, it's systematic. Yeah, systematic cast. <laughs> Gibson Les Paul, Prophets of Gorilla Farts. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, the gorilla farts are legendary on our show. Oh my god! I, I think we're 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 gonna set up another fan hangout show here coming up. You know, probably like late spring, early summer. And I, I think I'm stuck doing the damn gorilla fart shots on on the air again because that's just gonna be like a <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be like a thing. But um, so we got one more song, and uh, you obviously were thrilled about this. So the encore was the Count of Tuscany. So I'll I'll let you I'll let you talk about this one because I know that you were stoked as hell to see this. Oh man, literally second the 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 day after the first tour date, you know, I make the mistake. I go on Facebook or I go on Blabbermouth or whatever, and it's like the second thing I see is like, here's a video of God of Tusk. <laughs> so it's like, dang it. But at the same time, you're like, oh my God. You know? <laughs> So I was like, I couldn't be mad that that one was spoiled, but like if they had, if I had had no idea, I don't, I don't even know what I would have done. I would have like completely just totally lost my mind if I had no idea that was coming. Like, yep. but it was like just set up for the, and it was awesome because chance like 
literally said that like that's his favorite song and it's like i don't know man there's just something so powerful about that song it just you know the intro starts out and then petrucci you know i just it every time i hear it i just the hair stands up on the back of my neck i've said it a million times i mean he starts playing that little little lead my, my only complaint was um the first lead that jordan does you know with that little moog thing like i wish that the it sounded like the volume wasn't up enough on it but because that's like kind of oh. my second second yeah. favorite part of the song but but other than that man yeah it was it was just i mean i don't know that there's any song that you could maybe breaking all illusions i, I don't know I, I mean is there a better song to end a dream theater night with maybe you'll say you know trial of tears or something because you love the song but <laughs> well, no but I, I mean if you really think about it like i mean what song is a better way to end a dream theater show i i, I don't know i can't think of one I, I would have to take time to think about it because, I mean, there isn't one that jumps out immediately because it is it was an awesome encore. Yeah. Uh, S- Sandy, you know, Sandy says, uh, I took my son. His favorite is the Count of Tuscany. He wasn't spoiled. Watching him was the best moment. Oh, of man, the show. that's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's um. yeah, it was great, dude. And I mean, especially I mean, honestly, like playing a view from the top of the world back to back with, you know, kind of Tuscany was a kick ass way to end the show. A um, uh, couple more comments here on view from the top of the world. Uh, Sandy, again, she says on view from about three minutes to about 18 minutes has some of the best music I've heard for quite a while. The song only falls behind most of the other epics because the end is meh for me. And Brandon Charles says for me. Uh, View from the Top of the World has risen to the level of Octavarium. Wow, that's that's high praise, man. So, um, yeah, a lot of fans for that. Um, all right, so all right, so Robert Reams says he thinks that Metropolis Part One is like the perfect way to end a Dream Theater show. And Nick Brayman, he is voting for Learning to Live, but Tuscany was great. He said so. Um, I can uh, I cannot argue either of those. You yeah, know my love I, for Metropolis. <laughs> yeah, I I can't either. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, overall, the show was awesome. And I got to say, like, I was I was pleasantly surprised because I'm always afraid of, you know, this sounds kind of stupid to say, but you, you don't really realize the passage of time until you look back and go, holy shit. Like, you know, because when I was thinking about it, you know, I, I was talking to our buddy Tommy yesterday and he had mentioned, you know, in the chat a few a few episodes ago, he said, you know, this would be my 14th time seeing dream theater. And I started thinking, I was like, well, how many times is it for me? And I think I forgot one of the shows. So, so yesterday was either my 20th or 21st time seeing the band. And when I thought about it, I'm like, Oh my God, I've been seeing this band since 99 on every single tour. And you know, you're, you, it doesn't really hit you until you really quantify it like that. And then you start wondering like, okay, these guys are in their late fifties. Like when, when, when is it going to finally, you know, they have to start tuning down and you know, when, you know, obviously tuning down you know when when is james just not gonna be able to hit any high notes you know stuff like that and so i'm always nervous like is that gonna happen at this show when i go see him and yesterday i was like man with especially with a two-year break and i gotta tell you man they sounded kick ass i mean james's voice was so powerful and he didn't hit all of the high notes but he hit most of them and the the notes that he chose instead of the really high stuff i thought was really complimentary and it wasn't like super low to where it was obvious that i'm i'm not trying to hit a high note like like it sounded great i mean what did you think yeah you know so let's see this i think i figured out you and i saw him five times and i'd seen him twice uh before that so i'm Mm -hmm. I'm at seven total which you know that's a pretty decent amount to see one band yeah for sure 
over the course of their career. Yeah, I mean, they, I, I mean, I just knew, I, I don't know, I, I knew that James would sound, I don't want to use the term good enough, but I knew he would sound fine. And that sounds, that even sounds kind of man-ish, you know, but I, I just didn't <laughs> think, they, I just didn't think he would go out there if he couldn't sound really good, you know, like, yep. you know, he knows enough to, how to take care of his voice and take care of his body and stuff. And, and um, the way they maybe laid out the set, maybe that helped them. And like you'd said before, the, all the stuff on the new album, it looks like they've kind of tried to keep it a little bit of a lower range. Although, like you say that, but then you get to like Alien and the chorus, you know, and some of the stuff at the end of that song, you're like, well, it's actually yeah. getting up there higher than you even than you even thought. And some of the stuff in Endless Sacrifice is super high too. But uh, yeah, I yep. thought he, I thought he sounded sounded great. And uh, you know, he he does that thing where it's like you don't have to sing the every part of every course, you know, you can get the crowd to, you know, yell out some of the stuff and that saves you a little, you know, even if it's only like one word every time on the course or something, that saves you a little bit on your voice. You know, you're not just shouting the whole night and, uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was awesome, man. I, you know, I, I do want to say something about the sound and I don't know if, if my ears are just going, but it was like, I had to have my earplugs in. Like it, I took them out for count of Tuscany and it's like, <laughs> You know, it's, I don't know, it just felt like, and I don't know if it's because we're so close to the stage, and you mentioned this when we were at Chicago Theater, like the sound was kind of, I don't know, the word you used was wonky or it was a little weird. Yeah. But it was like, I just felt like this this high end, this shrill, just like tearing my ears off, like without the earplugs in. I don't know if that's where we were sitting or if my ears are just shot or, but because I told you for Arch Echo, like I literally like, okay, I got to go see if I can find some earplugs in the, because <laughs> I mean, they were just so loud. I'm just like, I I love heavy, loud music, but it's like I don't need it to be. So I, I don't know. Maybe my days of being in the front row are over. I'm just going to have to go balcony or something, <laughs> which, you know, I mean, balcony for a show like that is amazing, too. You know? Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know, it's probably, it might even sound like you said it. I bet it probably sounds better back there. Yep. So our buddy, our buddy Wayne is in the chat. Good to see you, man. Wayne, again, amazing work on the videos and the stage, the stage, the stage design. It was awesome. We were getting compliments all night long. People are talking about how great it looked. Um, Wayne says, Brian, I knew you would be happy with the count being the encore. First thing I thought of. That's awesome. I can't believe you remembered that. (laughs) That's funny. So he's he's busy. We're talking about the tour and, you know, Wayne's doing work on it. He knows the set list. He's got to sit there and like, ah, I know something Brian doesn't know. (laughs) Well, that doesn't Um, take much. (laughs) Right. Uh, So Jack Curtis, uh, Jack Curtis Lewis II. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for checking out the show. He says, coming on late here tonight i saw the cincy show last wednesday the sound was awesome and james sounded better than any tour i've seen besides the astonishing and this was my fifth tour that i have seen yeah i mean he, he sounded great um <laughs> nick brayman <laughs> i feel like a chump this was only my eighth time ha 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 <laughs> yeah and uh robert reams he says i think i think last night was my ninth show james has done outstanding every single time i've never heard him have a bad night when i've when i've went uh i haven't either man uh and that's not that's not being a a james fanboy which i very much am uh he has sounded great every time i've seen him and it's it's awesome so uh yeah it was it was definitely a kick-ass show um i thought our i i thought arch echo was fantastic i i pulled some of their stuff down today um and they played a perfect length of time too. I mean, it was only a half hour set, so you know you you were getting into it and you enjoyed it. And then right as you're you're probably about to get to this point where you're like, all right, where's Dream Theater? They ended they ended the set. Um, 
I really liked them. So if you guys are not able to catch Dream Theater on this tour, go check out our checkout. They were really good. Um, and again, you know, the Dream Theater set really flowed very well. The band sounded great. Um, honestly, if, if I had only one complaint, Brian, I would say we did not. We only got like one Zen Riffer spot with Jordan. He he basically just stayed on his keyboard the whole time. It didn't come up front. There was no awesome like jammy like thing with him and Petrucci. It was, you know, they they pretty much stuck to the song structures and it it didn't allow Jordan to come kick some ass like with you know, with some ripping leads. I mean, did did you notice that? Yeah, it surprised me. I think it was was it Endless Sacrifice was the, was the one he came out on. I think so. I think so. Yeah, because that's like kind of the one where sort of playing you know, what well, it sounds like those heavier heavier kind of keyboards that almost sound like a guitar in the low end but yeah he didn't riff a lot i don't i saw the wizard hat sitting back there did that even ever go on i don't even know if because usually i think he puts that on and does the zen riffer and i don't even think he did that i i, I don't think he did i don't think he did so I, I don't know if that was just something where maybe it was a time thing or they're like you know, if if he feels like coming out and doing more he doesn't if he doesn't they just have like a cue or something i i don't know so yeah that was kind of a little disappointing i guess i thought maybe we'd get maybe like a short petrucci spotlight or a mangini spotlight or something but then think it back like okay no and they're playing all these epics why would they want to bother with that you know it's kind of dumb <laughs> We're such a couple of snobs. We get Count of Tuscany, yeah. Top of the World, Six O'Clock, you know, Bridges in the Sky. <laughs> We're sitting here going, we didn't get enough Zen Riffer. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> We're so greedy, man. We are so greedy. Uh, Gibson Les Paul says, I love James. The best I've ever seen him was on a Long for the Ride tour 2014. He had a rough night on the show I saw for Images and Words and Beyond, though, at the show I saw. Um, he was awesome at the Images and Words show that, that we caught in Pennsylvania. Uh, Oh, look, Sandy says, and here's for anybody listening. She says, I've seen them two times so far, and Houston is coming up. I will be hosting a Dream Theater USA fan club pre-show there. So if any of you guys are tuned in around the Houston area, uh, if you guys are listening to the replays or anything and you're around Houston, uh, check out the Dream Theater USA Facebook page, and Sandy will be hosting a uh, pre-show meetup. And I can I can tell you from personal experience that they are a blast, and the hosts do a great job. So uh, one more time, shouting out Everett and all the awesome people that we met yesterday. Um so yeah, man, I I, th I think that'll pretty much do it for this episode. And uh, I guess coming up, we're gonna do our systematic chaos album deep dive by request, going out to Gibson Les Paul, and um, you know, uh, oh here we go. Wayne Wayne's got a spoiler for us. He says they were supposed to do a big improv in the middle of count, like ten minutes worth. I built a whole extra section of animations for it. Guess it hasn't happened yet. Oh man! Damn it! So, <laughs> uh, he's he's, yeah. he's probably more pissed than we are. Then, <laughs> yeah, you got you got to send that over to us, Wayne. Give us a little <laughs> behind the scenes scoop there. <laughs> so. Man, look at look at Jack uh, Jack Lewis. He says he's got a long one here. Uh, that's what she said. I knew the set list ahead of time and was a little disappointed with only ten total songs. Plus, I really wanted to hear "Transcending Time" too. However, the biggest takeaway was how good the three lo the three long quote unquote mid paced tracks were. Uh, they were all much better live than the studio versions. In fact, when I'm listening to Train of Thought and Systematic Chaos, I usually skip Ministry and Endless because I get bored listening to them. And on the view title track, it is good, but it's my least favorite mega epic. All right. So uh, Brandon Charles says, I love how committed the fan club is to unifying the community and creating memorable experiences. I could not agree more, man. It was, like I said, it was really fun meeting everybody. So, um, 
Oh, and one more from Gibson Les Paul, and we'll let you guys go. But he says, if anyone in the chat is going to the Red Bank show in New Jersey, we always pregame at Dublin House. So there you go. You, you can meet up with Gibson Les Paul. Uh, ask him how it feels to be banned from the chat 11 times. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, man, all you guys in the chat. Um, Thank you guys for hanging out. To any of you guys who are new viewers, uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Once again, you know, to our buddies Everett and Robert and you know uh, Sandy, everybody you know from yesterday that we met up. It was awesome to meet you guys. Hopefully, you enjoyed the show. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed our interview with Chance Labrie. And again, uh, in a couple weeks, we're probably going to do our systematic cast deep dive. But as our buddy Aiken said, uh, we are currently talking to dream theater management to hopefully get one or two of the guys on to do a tour a u.s tour leg wrap-up so we may have the guys on and if the guys are on we definitely want all of you guys in the chat because we want to pull your guys questions up so that you guys can actually talk to dream theater it'd be awesome to have you guys be able to you know interact with them the same way that we are so uh we will definitely be promoting the hell out of that if it happens um brian another great show man it was thank you for you know making time to you know, lug all your stuff all the way to, you know, Lawrenceburg, Indiana and set up in your hotel room. And, yeah, I think uh, we actually pulled it up. I, I think there was maybe like one time I, I think I lost signal for a second or two. But yeah, yeah, other than that, yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, it was very cool having Chance on. And uh, like, this is an easy show. Like when, you, okay, you get to interview, you know, <laughs> yep, the, the, you know, the, the singer's son, who's a great drummer and a great band. And then you get to talk about the concert you were just at 24 hours ago. I mean, it, it, <laughs> yep. it doesn't make for an easier podcast than that, you know. I know it was it was a blast, man. So, yeah, thanks all you guys once again for checking out the show. Uh, we will be live again on Thursday, March 10th at 730 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, don't forget, we are live every other Thursday at 730 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook, YouTube, talking into dot com and the CMS network dot com. So come hang out with us. Uh, download the show. Click that subscribe like button, all that fun social media crap that I'm terrible about promoting. Uh, thanks all you guys in the chat. It was awesome to see everybody. Uh, Nick and Sandy and Robert and Jack and Gibson and Kale, all you guys, Brandon, uh, Wayne, good to see you, man. And, uh, man, appreciate you guys. And we will see you in two weeks and, uh, keep posted. We'll see if we got the guys on. And if we don't, then we're definitely going to talk some systematic chaos. So until then, Brian, love you, man. Awesome show. And, uh, we'll see you guys next time, guys. Carpe diem. Hey everyone, thanks for checking out Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater podcast. Just wanted to remind you that we want you to be a part of the show. If you give us a like on Facebook or follow us on Twitter, at T-I-I-D-T podcast, we post the schedule of when we are recording the show live. It is a streaming video platform on our Facebook and YouTube pages, and it has a live chat feature where you can comment on the show, ask questions, and we can bring your remarks up on the screen and have you drive the conversation. So, again, give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at T-I-I-D-T Podcast. And come hang out with us and be a part of the show. Thanks again and carpe diem.